0: to the Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good weekend, a good weekend. I know I did. This is the 200th episode, and it's starting off with a bang with season five, but we're not going to be talking about season five this week. No, because it is a very special 200th episode of the podcast, I wanted to reach out to the studio and see if I could bring in someone very special to me and to many of you, Mike Chapman, the creative director of Rare, to talk about Sea of Thieves in general. What started as a fledgling project from an over-enthused fan has grown into an amazing community, and I wanted to do something for you, much in the same way that you constantly do stuff for me. By listening to the podcast, you help legitimize, yeah, legitimize uh, what I do here, what, what I continue to strive for, which is bringing Sea of Thieves news content just keeping you immersed in that world that you want to be in when you can't be in it so, from me, from my fans, thank you, Rare, for this game, and from me, thank you to my fans for listening. It's been a long time coming, and I never thought that I'd hit 200 episodes of a podcast, but here we are. I've got a special message from one Thor von Blitz who shared with me a recording of his feelings on the podcast before we get into the episode. I'm going to pause on doing the patron callouts and ads for this episode because it is the 200th. I wanted to make it as uh, pure of an episode, just. So celebrating the podcast and see if these as I could, so I will make sure to get everything set up for next episode when we dig into season five. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday this December, and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Abahoy! Congratulations on 200 episodes of the Killhaut podcast. Being the edumacated pirate that I am, I did some math, and... Did you know that after only 50 episodes, you already gifted us with around 33 hours of entertainment? And after 50 more, so at episode 100, it was a little over half a week. And if I'm not mistaken, including this very episode, you've been doing this for three years, nine months, and 13 days. And I think I can speak for all of you listeners that we enjoyed all that time quite a lot.
1: Keep going, Logan. We love you. Bye. (laughs)
0: I've got, I've got what I feel like is, is some good questions. Um, some, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to get some answers out of you, but I'm going to throw them out there anyway.
1: Well, I do like answering questions. I do
0: (laughs) as much (laughs) as you can. If I
1: don't answer them, it's because it's part of some
0: bigger plan. That's going to
1: be a surprise
0: Yeah. 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 And I get it. I understand. I I know. (laughs) I know.
1: I, I like, yeah, I struggle with it as well. Yeah. I would like to say everything. I really
0: would actually i kind of want to get into that a little bit uh when we get going first off i have to i have to ask um did you get a chance to go see ghostbusters afterlife yet
1: no so it's just come out in the uk and i am i've seen some responses on twitter about it i've read a few reviews um a few kind of like like either end of the spectrum some quite divisive ones yeah but i've read some ones and you can tell the way they're referring to certain elements i'm thinking i think this film's gonna be for me
0: quite excited you're gonna like it you're gonna like it a lot i i it's one of those things where it 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 tells a story with reverence to the originals and yeah. because of that it like all the music's there man all the music's there it's got the feel of it it's it's still got the humor but it's not the the awkward humor that was pushed mm. so heavily in, in the 2016 version. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's really good. I, I think you're really going to like it. So I'm looking forward to can't wait. hearing That's your thoughts. A really,
1: it's a really, it's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. How do you, how do you make it feel? Cause it, A naysayer, like it's quite divisive, a naysayer would say, oh, it's they're just tapping into the little gold mines of your nostalgia. Yeah. Um, But I think like making it feel authentic and heartfelt is it's it's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. And you can you can easily go too far.
0: I think the thing that they that they got right with it is that they understood um, what they were setting out to do. And they laid they laid the story on the characters. They didn't. They didn't play the story because it was a uh, a Ghostbusters movie. Like they knew it was a Ghostbusters movie, but they weren't trying to play like it was a Ghostbusters movie. It just happened to be a, a really good story that happened to have ghosts that tied into a previous ghost film. And because of that, I think they I think they really killed it. So I, I'm looking Ooh. forward to when you get a chance to see it. Can't wait! Can't wait! Um, I noticed you've been playing a lot of Halo. Yeah, you've been jumping on yeah, quite, Halo a lot. Have a you? Bit. Have you been doing the uh, the Rockstar cans at all?
1: No. What do you get from that? Is that double XP or something?
0: Uh, you get some double XP. Um, the first code that you get, which uh, I have, I'm going to put up here, but I have a little tab, and this one's for you if you haven't gotten it. The first one you get is a golden black uh, AR skin.
1: Ooh, very nice. So very I will,
0: nice. I will be DMing you that code That's because wonderful. I wasn't sure. Um,
1: oh, thank you. No, no, I'm not sure. Yeah, Rockstar do sell in the UK, but I haven't seen any on-store shelves. But, mm. but, but no, I'm really, really enjoying it. It is, it's like, I mean if you've, you must have played Halo 3 back in the day and Halo Reach, it just feels like it, it's like that bit coming back.
0: Um, See love that? It.
1: Love it so far.
0: That was all new for me. Like, I, I've, I've been going through the Master Chief collection and uh, I, I've never, like, when, because 2004 was when Halo 2 came out. It also happened to be the, the exact same time when World of Warcraft came out. And I went to World of Warcraft when everyone else went to Halo 3 or Halo 2. Yeah, so yeah. there was
1: I, I discovered Warcraft late. <laughs> and the part of that reason was because of Halo, Halo 2 <laughs> and all those games at the time. Metroid Prime was out at the time as well.
0: Oh, God, Metroid Prime. That was so mm. good. God, that that's that's a uh, an ip that i think nintendo if if they had like regular normal consoles like if they just naturally progressed with the gamecube man i think metroid really could have like been that halo for them they really could have leaned heavy because it's the same storytelling same sort of perspective like samus is is got a great like i don't know if you've played dread but holy cow man samus is such a good character yeah.
1: Yeah, I played it a little bit. I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. Or oh, let's think about Metroid. Metroid Prime, like that that change in the series, and even right there in the original, right, the kind of your place in the world yeah. is a lot more defined. You, you, the whole thing is about exploration, taking in your surroundings, the way you kind of interact with the world. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a lot of Halo games of the past, it's like, yeah, you're kind of you're there and you're trying to get through as fast <laughs> as possible. To get to the next encounter. Yeah. Whereas Metroid, it really easy. It slams the brakes on you, slow down, you take in the world. Yeah. That's the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping with Inf- Infinite. I'm hoping that with Infinite, you it's open, you have your, you're, your, you're not on a timer and you're not in a corridor. So you just have an opportunity to kind of soak it all in uh, the way you would with like a big world. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that that's kind of how it is. But I was, I was curious because you've been jumping into uh, Halo so much. I was wondering what your ranking is for the Halo games. Oh, right in
1: there. Right in there. That's a great question. So
0: <laughs> this is a very, it di- be, it's divisive. Yeah, number,
1: number, number one, number one. Again, this is, this is part nostalgia, but also I think it was the, it. there's moments in the other games, but it, it's the widest the sandbox has felt. Like mm-hmm. it has to be the first one. Has to be Halo Combat Evolved, even even with all the, you know, some people say that the pacing is uneven. There's a lot of retreads in the latter half of the campaign. I think, yeah, the the original like absolutely blew me blew me away, and I've played it so much over the years. So probably the first game. Mm-hmm. Love the storytelling of the second one, but
0: really, okay, camp,
1: as in as in the the expansion of the lore, as in where they went uh, into the yeah. world building. But I actually at the time I found it a really disappointing campaign. I was. I remember I had all these daydreams. Probably, probably something that's more like Halo Infinite, with how wide it was, how open the sandbox was, where it felt much more constrained, and the level design was much more linear. Um, again, probably around just controlling those storytelling moments. So, Halo Two be down on my list. I'd say Halo, probably Halo One, Halo Reach, Halo hmm. ODST, Halo Three. Halo Three is a tough one. Halo Three, like edging up to the top. <laughs> um, Halo Four, Halo Five.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah. so
1: I liked Halo Five. I did. I did like it. It's just that the other games were so much stronger. Yeah, Um like Halo Reach, and ODST are the hard ones to play. So I played Reach um, recently, and I just I thought it had aged so well. I had a great time playing it. Um, That's interesting. Loved ODST for the love the jazz vibe, love the open city, love the flashback. Just loved the structure of that game as a as a kind of kind of an add on, a side story. Really cool, but. Yeah. in top to original for me
0: that's interesting so going through
1: interesting what was your perspective as, as someone who's rediscovered it
0: so that's recently? that's the weird thing is i feel like mine varies so vastly compared to so many other people like for me mm. I, I really love one one is still my favorite i remember playing that when it first came out um and having never played anything beyond two uh going through and playing three right after two was Was insane. It was amazing. It was like getting that, getting that that cliffhanger ending tied off in a beautiful knot, and not having to have any questions about what happened. And I'm looking at like two, and I'm thinking, well, what 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 happened? What? So I went and did the research, and I was like, man, these guys like they 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 were promising the world, and they really didn't keep that in mind when they were doing that. So I would have to say, Halo One is definitely top. Halo Three for me is right underneath of it, just because of the the look. The pacing, the the conclusion to the story for two, and then I, I haven't finished up Odst. I got really like I liked the the change in tone, but the pacing for me was so slow when I was going through New Mombasa that I got bored when I would just come off of uh three, and I had had so much excitement with three that it was just like this this huge adrenaline dip for me and i wanted to get back into that that rush so i jumped into four um reach i did co-op and i think that did a disservice to me because i i didn't pay attention to the characters as much as i probably should have so i had no no real connection to them so it would probably be halo one halo three and then i would probably say halo two uh because of of just how well that story, like, like you said, it opens up and you get to play the Arbiter and I love Keith David. So I'm, I'm there for that. Yeah. And then I would probably go with uh, Halo 4 and then Halo Reach and then Ho- Halo ODST. And then I haven't finished five. I'm halfway through five right now, but I do actually like the way they're taking the Forerunner story uh, mm-hmm. and kind of yeah. building out that idea with um, Cortana. Like, I'm curious to find out what happens to her because it seems like, it seems like that that situation where all ai eventually like grows to the point where they're like oh humans are just a plague just like anything else i should wipe them out and it's like ah (laughs) you kind of helped us for a long time i don't know do you really want to go down that route Cortana? so i really want to see where that relationship goes four
1: four and five uh, like from a story from a chief's character and exploration of the character is really strong particularly number four yeah halo, like yeah halo, halo, halo 3 for me is just a i love i mean halo 3 is probably the one i play the most of multiplayer and l- spent so much time in campaign that double bill of um is it mission six and seven the ark and the covenant those two levels yes. are absolutely incredible and a little little oh, segue for you um, the big inspiration for that moment in The Sunken Pearl when the Kraken comes overhead was that moment when the scarab comes overhead when the door oh opens. Oh my
0: God, yes.
1: That was, that was a moment great. that was, again, just a little kind of scripted scene, but that really stuck with me from Halo 3. I always remember that moment. It was just like scale. Yeah. As the door opens, you see that huge waterfall as it falls off the arc or the water, and you just see the scarab come on from overhead. Oh, man. Um, So it was quite embarrassing, actually. So I always kind of use that. So I made that bit in Halo 3 where the scarab kind of crawls down from the structure you're in, and everyone's just (laughs) like. Yeah, you're, you're showing your age, Mike.
0: <laughs> that's that's a really that's crazy because uh, you're right. Like it, it, comes through when when you see that crack. And the first time I saw the crack, and it was just it was insane. It was beautiful. It was majestic, and it, and it was kind of terrifying as well too because it was so big. And I'm like, I really don't want to go out there. And then you guys are like shoving me out the <laughs> out the out the uh, the bubble. And I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, well, <laughs> this is gonna, this is could be, could be good, could be bad. Uh, we'll have to see. But thank you for the segue into Sea of Thieves because uh, <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you about just about anything for for an hour or so easy before we get into the actual news. But um, I wanted to talk about uh, a pirate's life with you because this is mm. probably one of the most ambitious updates that sea of thieves has put out uh it's definitely one of the biggest um as far as visibility for the player base and the uh, non-sea thieves playing player base you guys brought in uh the disney ip from pirates of the caribbean which was just a it just a dream come true just an absolute dream come true and and it's unfortunate that you guys able were able to land the disney ip because it has completely changed the perspective of what's on the table for fans because at this point we're 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 expecting that there's just about an opportunity for everything at this point who knows what could what could if you could get pirates of the caribbean what can't you get at this point you got disney working with you so i wanted to talk a little bit about uh a pirate's life from a a rare perspective Mm. in a world that disney was not involved because i feel like you guys had the idea for the for pirate's life because it's it's very much in your in your blood mike and i'm very curious would you still go forward with a uh, pirate's life if you guys weren't able to get that IP?
1: So interestingly, the, the the what ended up on screen, the story for a pirate's life, the five tales, the the nature of the storyline between the ferryman and how Jack Sparrow has come to our world, and that kind of mix of authentic touch points, but also let's tell an original story with it. That I guess the striking the balance between the parts of the Caribbean. IP doing it justice, but also making sure that L world was on a pedestal, that the CSEs was a special place. That was absolutely key to it. But the tales and the experience that you had um, bar the specifics of the implementation of how characters were animated and the specifics of the script. That is what I had the pleasure of pitching to Disney in a, in a room in in Glendale. And um, just before the pandemic hit all of us, that was that was the pitch that we took them through. And, and thankfully, they absolutely loved it. And I think the since then and developing a pirate's life, it's very much been the focus with working with them was about how we do that story justice. Um, but amazing. I mean, it's 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 crazy to go back and think about it, really, because, you know, I don't know if you have this, but the pandemic just totally messes with your perception of time. Yeah, and it, <laughs> the, like the, I can't even believe that a pirate's life came out a handful of months ago. It just feels like it's a year ago now. Yeah. Um, and in hindsight, a lot of us have said this in the studio. Like in hindsight, it feels like pirate's life was perfect to really focus you in the pandemic,
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, we're all working from home, and it's just it was just this rallying huge body of work and this piece of art that we wanted to make and it helped us so much to get through it but um yeah I mean that that was that was very much the story that we that we wanted to tell that felt like if we're going to do it it's got to cut to the heart of everything that the Sea of Thieves represents what does it mean to be a pirate in this world like we have to tap into the heart of the Sea of Thieves with that story rather than just here's a is a little side story that on the, on the side that doesn't kind of impact the major players of Airworld. world. It needs to cut to the heart of everything a game means.
0: So I'm really I'm I'm curious at that point when when you look at the the characters that are available to you with a pirate's life, uh, mm. Davy Jones is one that unless folks are diehards, stay to the end of credits for Pirates of the Life or Pirates of the Caribbean Five, they would have understood that that Davy Jones was no longer the ferryman so building a pirate's life on the backbone of davy jones coming back uh seems like a a bit of a gamble just based on on the probability of people knowing that davy jones is still a character that's in the world in the pirates Mm -hmm. in pirates of the caribbean was that tricky for you were you guys worried that people might not be up to date with the the lore of pirates of the caribbean
1: not really. Um, I think it all goes down to all goes goes back to what Sea of Thieves represents and the idea of pirate world where nautical folklore comes to life. And it's got that parallel with the Pirates of the Caribbean world. So the idea that characters in our world would refer to Davy Jones as a nautical legend, but he could be brought to life and become an actual adversary in our world felt so right. I think part of the framing for all of this was let's tell an alternative take on where the story goes next so what if after the events of the movies Jack ends up in the Sea of Thieves and it's a new original story that gets the freedom to pull from all of the movies so down to the crew that's with Jack how Jack gets to the world what David Jones wants in the Sea of Thieves world it was very much just looking across all five movies what are the bits we want to draw on and what are the bits we want to make original? And I think personally for me, I hope a lot of Pirates of Caribbean fans think the same. I think David Jones is is my favorite adversary for Jack. I just think it's, it's everything, um, that the pirate life stands for the fact that your freedom can be taken away and you can be in bondage on the flying Dutchman. And, you know, this is the fate that awaits you when you die at sea. It just felt poetic almost that Davy Jones needed to be the one that followed in the wake of Jack to the Sea of Thieves. And when you think of the ferryman, you've probably heard me say this in in, in a bunch of kind of other kind of interviews and podcasts that you know the ferryman as the, the kind of the opposing side to our ferryman, what our ferryman represents, and what the ferryman of the Pirates Caribbean represents. It's a fight for the pirate's life, both literally, because Jack has lost his life, but he gets to live on in the Sea of Thieves. But it's also it's the pirate life, but it's also the pirate's life. It's it's everything yeah. that the sea of thieves <laughs> represents. And that duality of the story um was really was really the thing landed on first. Like that's the basis for a story. Um, you know, when Jack talks about what the pirate's life means to him in Curse of the Black Pearl, when he's talking about what a ship really is, mm-hmm. not just a wheel, it's not just a kill and a hull, it's it's freedom. Um, the fact that Jack would be invigorated by the Sea of Thieves that the freedom that he's always craved, it's not going to get taken away by the East India Trading Company. It's not going to get taken away by these trading companies looking to own the world and the world gets smaller and all the explore, unexplored areas become explored. The Sea of Thieves allows the pirate's life to live forever. And that framing instantly set up why Jack would want to be in that world, why he'd want to fight for it, um, because it means somewhat different. And I think that's the when you kind of said at the start, you know, the the possibilities are endless now with where stories could go. And I think it opens up so many possibilities, but I think there's only a very, very small uh, amount of Disney IPs that could actually work in the Sea of Thieves in a way that feels authentic and adds something to our world. And I think beyond the pirate theme, I think the morality of Pirates of the Caribbean, the morality of can you be a pirate and a good person? It's kind of the story of all the movies and the journey that Jack goes on is there honour amongst thieves. And that's kind of a theme we've explored anyway in Sea of Thieves before A Pirate's Life. And I think that parallel is why those two worlds work, is because the fundamental, the moral driver behind it all is so similar. Um, so even though there's so many ways to mess it up and I'm sure we, it's impossible to please everyone. It felt like that basis, um, the David Jones air ferryman, the fight for the pirate's life and the morality of the story aligned so deeply um, that it was like, I've got to grab this with both hands. This, we've got to go for this. This is the chance of a lifetime to do something so unexpected, um, hopefully to do it justice. But also the main goal is play it and at the end, love the sea of thieves even more you love the world and what it stands for because that's jack's put it on a pedestal jack loves the world because it's given him something that the outside world can't give him can't give him i
0: love i love listening to you wax poetic about sea of thieves man it's it's (laughs) (laughs) it's, i I don't want to stop
1: you that's what it's all about right that's that yeah that's what it's all about that's where the story came from and then the The kind of the beat by beat, the moment to moment, the flow of each of the tales was very much, how do we top the last one? How do we do something different? Well, I know sometimes we sometimes we we end up being too ambitious and we, we cause a bunch of problems when things go live. But, you know, the start starting with a pirate's life and going into the Sea of the Damned and trying to rescue this mysterious prisoner, which... You know, at the time we didn't, of course, it makes sense. It would be in the revealed trailer. But when you're planning out the story, you think, oh, it's going to be this great yeah. kind of surprise when you see him in the cell. But then to go from there and go, how how do we then do something so unexpected in CSE? which is where the sunken pearl came from, which is just just this idea for the set piece of the silver blade hanging there in the cavern was just, that's this, how can we top what came before, which is yeah. where that whole tale came from. Rather than just giving you the expected stuff that you'd expect with a Pirates of the Caribbean adventure, so yeah, sorry, I'll I'll go. No, yeah. I will run forever unless you interject. So I I apologize.
0: No, no. Um, God, I, I've I've had l- literally like I'm I've got five questions in my mind that I'm trying to keep in, in the forefront of my mind while I pay attention because I'm like I can't forget to ask him about this because you you bring up so many things. So you talk about how uh, there's only a, a small section of of Disney IP that would work for Sea of Thieves. What's Another one that you would want to bring. Oh, I can't possibly. <laughs> I can't possibly.
1: <laughs> well, one, one, of, one, one of them's in there, right?
0: Well is it because i i don't know if you're being as clear about what i'm thinking about as what easter i'm thinking egg. about easter egg in the in the first in the first one tale. okay yeah. yes technically yeah, okay disney yes yeah well so.
1: i mean <laughs> should we be less worried about spoilers i guess everyone's played it who's listening to this podcast, hopefully
0: so. hopefully spoilers yeah. if you haven't checked out the easter egg in the first yeah. tall tale of a pirate's life you've got an an amazing monkey island reference and and Part of some people are happy that it's in there. Some people are sad that that's that's the introduction of it. Do you want to expend Monkey Island in in Sea of Thieves? Do you want Guybrush to to come to to the Sea of Thieves and find his way there? He's
1: there, right? I mean, it's it's confirmed in the in the Easter egg, right? Guybrush is. Well, he's there. Guybrush but, had. He's in the Sea of Thieves somewhere. He's out there.
0: So he's really the uh the, he's the servant then. He's the one at the Reaper's hideout then. Confirmed. Is that oh, is that what we're getting no, at?
1: No, <laughs> no, I think of it definitely not. That. But no, he's he's in the Thieves somewhere. He's what a great place to have a honeymoon. Come to the Thieves, five star all inclusive, having a great time. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean obviously it's kind of gaming royalty, isn't it? Monkey Island. It's such a one of my favorite games of all time. Just that a fantastical take on a pirate world and the opportunity to do that um, mm-hmm. was incredible. And wanted it to be this awesome Easter egg, but do it justice to go beyond just a is a prop or here's just a piece of music let's make it a piece of storytelling that get people to to daydream about the possibilities so yeah great 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 world and set of characters yeah, yeah can't believe we got to do that can't yeah. believe so it's
0: amazing it's really cool to to, to so okay so uh, um so many questions so little time um with the the first pirates uh life tale uh the cursed captain has been um talked heavily about as Mm. an amazing narrative uh tool to use to guide players is that something that is being looked at for future tall tales or was that kind of a one and done how hard is it to to kind of get uh something like that voice acted so that you can have such a diverse set of lines for one character for just one tall tale maybe two in the future uh with him being above the uh the lintel of the tavern Mm -hmm. of the damned
1: yeah yeah i mean that was uh i think even kind of right in the the kind of huge design doc for the first tale that was like if we get this right this is going to be the next great rare character this original character we could bring to, to bring to sea of thieves and like totally worth the the investment with the recording and then that recording session was just one of the best recording sessions just the, the the actor was incredible um it was great to get all those lines and it was just laughing along with the kind of performance and the kind of energy he was bringing but that was that came from a place of it's probably, I mean, it probably wasn't designed to be that obvious but that was that came from a place of how did the how did the parts caribbean world and the cfes world contrast and It's become meme-worthy, and I apologise because I kept putting more dead men tell no tales in there. Um, But the message of that story is, how are these two worlds different? So you're in the Sea of the Damned, you're exploring these memories of Jack Sparrow, these memories that have been brought to life in this world where memories take on a physical reality, and it's the duality of dead men tell no tales. But in the Sea of Thieves, dead men do tell tales. So you will see a dead man literally tell his tales, through the talking skull, so that was really the that's really the message of that first tale which is here's something that um exists so powerfully in our world is that you've got this kind of talking that you get to carry around and it's um telling you jokes and tonally quite different to the the grand drama that's about to unfold with the sea of thieves being threatened but he's one of my favorite characters um it's... that we've added to sea of thieves
0: so you're 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 bringing up some really good some really good uh tie-ins that i want to jump into because i'm I'm very curious about the Sea of the Damned. It's a new world for a lot of people. It's something that's been in the art book since launch. It's it's a place that we know is a thing that everyone's been asking to get to. And we get to go to it, but it's relegated to just these tall tales. Is that something you want to change for the future?
1: Yeah, I think it'd be great to go back to the Sea of the Damned and, and the... The kind of theme of the Sea of the Damned and that kind of the narrative kind of conceit of it, which is, you know, what is the Sea of the Damned? It's a a supernatural realm where it reflects what's in your heart back at you. So your memories and your thoughts and your desires take on this physical reality. And that works in the Sea of Thieves because that's where souls go to learn the lesson before they're then ferried back to the land of the living by the ferryman. Um, so that idea that memories could escape Sea of the Damned or you could physically travel there and explore memories like that. that I mean, going there again in the future is a possibility. Definitely a lot of thinking and, and plans there. Nothing kind of set in stone just yet. But the theme of the Sea of the Damned is something we'll be exploring extensively um, as we head into next year and beyond. So essentially the, the continuation of the story that the pirate lord, Blameheart, all of these characters have seen the castaways immense power to bridge the worlds, to send you there. And that starting an arms race, if you will, or starting kind of the next goal for those characters is that the Sea of the Damned and its power is truly understood now and how that could threaten the Sea of Thieves. And you'll see that explored a lot.
0: Cheer. Oh man, that's that's really interesting. Considering just what I was, I was because um, last episode uh, I was kind of recapping the last of these uh, official podcast, and um, one of the the conversations that came up with Adam. I love. I really wish Adam and Pete were more involved, man. Because I, I love hearing the the goofy stuff uh, that they were talking they're, they're about. The rice, are nice. and um, so yeah. And and God, I was I was joking about how the the company that wants to work with you guys that uh, Adam doesn't want to have have uh, merchandise with was mm-hmm. Nerf, and I was thinking Nerf would be the company that would constantly be bugging you guys for for weird one off weapons like the ferryman's cutlass as a Nerf sword. And stuff just it would be it would That's be right. goofy and weird um but the uh but the idea uh, of him talking about merchandise uh sparked a thought in my mind because i've been i've been like purchasing nostalgia for a while through through a uh, big bad toy company um mm-hmm. online and there's a, a company neca that makes a line of gargoyle figures that i've been picking up and it, it reminded me of an image that i saw that i'd never heard about until after launch of statues from tier one accessories that were never made and it had a flame heart and it had ramses and it had bell um and and with those characters uh with those statues and stuff like we like bell was a a pretty integral part to what your guys's e3 presence i remember the like the photos of the lobby had her and i remember seeing like uh photos and thinking like well who the heck is that like that, that that person's not anywhere in the Sea of Thieves and stuff, but um aside from from her, we've seen Ramses and we've seen Flameheart, and and I'm wondering like what are what are some of the futures? Like, uh, do you guys have plans on doing statues or figures and stuff? Because like I've, I've got my display case and I love having what I have in there, but man, if I could, if if I can get like a nice big statue of some of the characters from Sea of Thieves for my background here. I would love to have something like that. Is that is that in the cards at all? Like, is that something that you yeah. guys have? We, we
1: we are we are talking to a few people, and and like funnily enough, that they're the kind of questions I ask. Which is, come on, it's about time we have some <laughs> awesome collectible figurines yeah. the of these kind of these great characters in this this world that we've created. But um, I know we're talking to a few kind of manufacturers at the moment. That's um, cool. Again, those doesn't mean those conversations are going to end with contracts being signed and things going into production. But I know we like exact like yeah we're, we're kind of where players are at we want to see these
0: things too that's cool that's really awesome um getting back to a pirate's life uh i wanted to to bring a a couple things real quick um you you brought up some like jack's crew was a was a real poignant uh thing for a lot of us at the end of tall tale five uh jack sails through this golden portal with this treasure that is mysterious we don't know what's in it technically yet uh fan theories aside and jack leaves with um george and rose but Mm. pendragon and um oh my god i'm blanking on him uh eli Eli, thank you uh stay behind and but they don't get changed back into human um was there a reason why the ferryman didn't uh turn pendragon and uh eli back into human
1: yeah so it's interesting like the sea of thieves it's I like, I guess on face value it would be a disadvantage for characters to be dead. Where in Sea of Thieves it, it also provides advantages. So both Pendragon and Eli have got a part to play. Um so that's okay. not something that was that's in their destiny. Um they've got a they've got a bigger part to play as part of future
0: stories. And then so my father It's
1: interesting the, the, the kind of the wild rose and george i mean that that
0: sorry for the segues
1: but there's no. so much to talk about but that was very much um you know the kind of question you'd, you'd ask yourself which is do do will turner and elizabeth have a role to play in this story and i got really wedded to the idea of you know the sea of thieves having a huge impact on this parts of the caribbean story by virtue of where it takes place so the idea of almost like our version of that is wild rose and george that they get to join the crew and kind of fulfill that role um as part of where your mind might imagine stories could go um and like what a, what a wonderful kind of way to continue their story yeah after being saved by players and rook being dispatched but but yeah sorry
0: no that's Love that's this
1: stuff as you can tell
0: leads leads right into my question uh jack is now with uh or george and rose are now with jack um with the talks with disney if Disney were to revitalize the Pirates of the Caribbean IP and continue on with Jack Sparrow, would we expect that they would take the lore that you set in Sea Thieves into account? I think. I think. I mean, that would be as a as a thought exercise. What
1: amazing would that be? That would be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pirates Life itself was a pinch me moment, like Sea Thieves. So that would be completely next level. But I think that's unlikely. I think. If I think about the way we felt at the start of a pirate's life is you want the you want as much creative latitude as possible. You want the freedom to draw from whatever you want to draw from and create something original. And I think the writers of future movies and Pirates of the Caribbean experience are going to want that freedom. They're not going to want the, the future of the characters dictated by what we did, mm. the freedom we had in our game. So I, I think that's unlikely, however wonderful the thought is.
0: That's a shame because that's it, it. It solves the problem of Will and Elizabeth uh, aging out, and their kids being the ones, or Barbosa's kid and uh, uh, Will and, and Elizabeth's kid, kind of moving forward with Jack uh, as Jack continues to try and like yeah have that eternal life. Um, so I, I mean,
1: get the, 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 the I mean, just quickly on that. The, yeah, the, the cool thing was it was kind of we had the freedom to pretty much draw from any of the movies. So it's mm-hmm. almost like what are the so then you think what are the what are the nostalgic touch points from the attraction and the movies that kind of represent parts of the Caribbean to us? So which of the pieces wanna take? And that freedom is exactly what we wanted. What what's the adversary? Who's the crew of Jack? How are they going to impact our world? And it was very much almost adopting parts of the Caribbean IP into our World, and almost saying that outside of the Sea of Thieves, there are there is a world where parts of the Caribbean exists, and just having that creative freedom with it was was the coolest thing. Because yeah. like as fans of Parts of the Caribbean, we could pick the bits that resonate with us and match our World. Um, so at the same time, it's going to be cool to see. Where does the actual mainline parts of the Caribbean movie series go? Like, as a fan, I'm so excited to see. And yeah. I think it will be, I, I suspect it's going to be quite
0: unexpected
1: where they're going to go with it next.
0: Uh, I think you know more than you're letting on at that point. No,
1: no, I promise you I don't. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they're going to take it in
0: a um, direction, I would have thought. Well, a couple of, okay, so, oh, man, trying to think of where I want to go from here. Um, Cutler Beckett was an interesting poll and I'm kind of curious if you could elaborate a little bit on that Tall Tale Five and why, why was he up at the top of the spire and why does it feel so disjointed from the overall ferryman fight, uh, with Jack kind of trying to get his life back?
1: So, so the, it all goes back to the Sea of the Damned and the idea that if Jack has come to the Sea of Thebes, his memories take on that reality, take on a reality, so, At the end of Tall Tale 5, the idea is that the worlds are being bridged, hence him pulling the ghost ships through, using those ghostly visions as you climb the spire. Um, So it's very much a callback to what you saw in the movies, where there was an alliance between the East India Trading Company and Davy Jones. So it's kind of these semi-conscious fragments of memories that are kind of coming through. Um, so Kutlerbeck Beck has not really got a massive involvement in the wider story, but it it's because it mirrors um, the moments of the movie so much. Um, it just felt right to to have him there.
0: Gotcha. that's that's what I was wondering if it was if it was just something that was like because as as you kind of ascend the spire, you start to talk to the rest of the ghosts that are in there and and it all feels like they're not sure what's going on or why they're where they yeah. are. And when you get up to Beckett, it feels like he is kind of grasping at straws, trying to understand what his place is and what he remembers and things. And it's for me, Cutler Beckett was such a great villain in a Pirates uh, Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that when he was there, it was kind of it, part of it felt like a death knell to the possibility of him being a true adver- adversary coming to Sea of Thieves. Uh, much in the same way that that Davy Jones is uh, a a parallel between our ferryman. Um, The Merchant Alliance has to deal with the Grand Maritime Union and Cutler Beckett with the East India Trading Company seems like a great way to kind of pull uh, the East India Trading Company as well as the the actual Grand Maritime Union into the story, bring it into the, 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 the folds of Sea of Thieves and actually start to dive into that lore a little bit more um i get. i guess my first question is 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 that a possibility is or or is do you have plans for the grand maritime union uh in its own set
1: yeah so yeah the, the kind of what what you're seeing at the end of, of the top of the spire is essentially if davy jones has got he's starting to get full access to the sea of the damned he's, he can pull any memory through and from a storytelling perspective it's really interesting to almost plant several seeds with where the story could potentially go next. And like I'm like you, love Cutler Beckett's character, love the the message of the East India Trading Company. It's fundamentally opposed to the pirate's life and all of that. And I think there's definitely possibilities there. But I think like a pirate's life, we wouldn't just want to pull the East India Trading Company through as straight bad guys. I think it would be how do we use them as a vehicle to tell another original story that continues to make the Sea of Thieves what it's all about? So it's interesting, um, but I think so is the Grand Maritime Union and what they represent. And you know that,
0: yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're dodging a little bit, but I'll, I'll a little bit. I'll, little I'll bit. move well, away. You don't want to,
1: yeah. You don't want to spoil it all. Yeah. Uh, and and again, and again, this is it's laying threads right that we 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 might not explore. Um, but like everything, and even going back to the, you know, the art book we put out back in 2018, you'll like, it's it not always represented exactly the way we imagined it years ago, but the themes are consistent and we always double back on the themes and we might not do it when we first intended to, but if, you know, those strong themes, we go back and we re-explore them.
0: Yeah. That's one of the things that I think has been really fun kind of seeing where you guys take the story is, is a lot of the stuff that's been in the past isn't necessarily gone forever just because it hasn't been in the game yet um i'm still looking forward to the days where we figure out if a potion dealer is plausible for sea of thieves (laughs) and what the heck is up at the top of uh like do you guys ever imagine seeing yourself build up the rest of the tavern with the the upper floor like is that ever been on the table and, and talked about or is that something that for whatever reason is is just kind of stayed at the at the the kind of like this is what it is it doesn't really need to be anything else yeah
1: i think things Things, even though general ideas day the same, they say the same the exact execution does somewhat change so the original idea for keeping the upstairs was that that would actually be the onboarding so that mm. would be what became the maiden voyage um which was basically seizing an opportunity to be much grander with it yeah so the idea of I'm not sure everyone really understands what Sea of Thieves is, is as a world, that it is a, it's a world within the Bermuda Triangle, shrouded by the Devil's Shroud. So wouldn't it be great if the onboarding was the start of that journey? You get to cross through the Shroud into the Sea of Thieves as a kind of outside seafarer. Um, but the the less ambitious version of that was, you'd actually wake up in the upper floor of the tavern. And, and this was probably me getting carried away, um, but the idea that the sail pulleys would open the curtains and you'd have the kind of ship's wheel to raise the bed and it would like, like from hook and oh, man. You'd, ba- you'd basically build the ship mechanics in a really kind of novel way. Um, but then I realized that was kind of silly and you kind of want to do those things for real out on the ship. Mm. Um, and the idea of the maiden voyage became much more ambitious, but what's in mind for upstairs in the tavern now is, is, is somewhat different. So things Things do change. It's just good to know that we've got that space and could potentially explore it in the future.
0: Well, you guys have expanded the uh, outposts quite a bit already just based Mm. off of uh, a pirate's life. I'm going to toss out a quick design idea because I want to hear your feedback on it. with the kind of issues that have arisen due to the nature of the alliance flag the alliance flag has been something that a lot of people uh have been using to kind of get around certain issues or certain problems with the the game in in alliance servers in specific which i know is always Mm -hmm. a a topic you guys are kind of looking at and i was thinking about an alliance flagpole that kind of sits over by the ship out or the ship right uh, the goal of it is, is to, to limit the, and I know this is a hard, hard, it's weird asking you if you want to limit something in Sea of Thieves, cause you are like tools, not <laughs> rules. Um, but to try and try and work around the fact that people are abusing the Alliance system to avoid that natural interaction of having the PVP aspect of the game present, limiting the number of ships on a server to three uh or four depends i i generally think three is a good way just because there's six ships possible on a server so having 50 percent of the server being allianced is a good way to ensure that at least half of the server uh is is a potential threat out there but having a flagpole represented on the shipwright and the each flag is representing one ship that's in an alliance so if there's three flags up there you you know that somewhere on the server and you don't know what they're doing and you don't know how they're allianced but there are technically three ships that are allianced based on that and if you come out you can see that if you're a pvp or if you're part of the reaper's bones then it's it's a potential bounty for you if you go out there and you're looking to work with someone that's in a trade company you can check the tables and it's giving anonymous data based on how many ships are on the table Much like with the Alliance flag, you could see there's two ships Allianced right now. That's a potential that I could go join that ship and actually work with them on a trading company. Is that something that you could see coming to the game? Or is that something that would work? Or are there bigger issues around an idea like that?
1: I think that plays into a lot of the thinking as we look to to next year in a way. So the idea that and this is this is the tricky thing, right, which is part of the the unique magic of Sea of Thieves is that everything takes place in an emergent sandbox. That it is a hands off. There's balancing, but essentially it's who you're going to encounter and what what they mean to you in terms of conflict or cooperation is largely outside of air control. And that's the beauty of it because you get these unexpected occurrences. I think as we look to the future of Sea of Thieves, I think giving players more roles to play and more ways to ally with people or more ways to be in conflict with other factions and other crews um, feels like a logical next step of where we're going to go. So you've got more of a chance to play with like-minded players and get the type of experience that you want more readily. Um, and that, you know, the core sandbox is always going to be the heart of sea of thieves. Um, but but yeah, I think not the exact execution that you're pushing on or, or, or kind of similar, but the kind of the general area you're pushing on of how players know who potential friends, who potential enemies are and what that means for your objectives in your gameplay. Um, yeah, interesting. Definitely, def- definitely something, definitely something we are looking at right. Which is the experience is is the sandbox right now. It's it's just that largely random sandbox. How we carve more structure in there in a way that gives people what they want without losing what's at the heart of Sea of Thieves is really what we're thinking about now. Um, beyond just doing the stuff that we've always done, which yeah. we will um, <laughs> more tools and more possibilities and, and more potential between players, um, more adventures to have more exploration goals, more questing goals and all of that. We'll, we'll, we'll continue to do all of that stuff, but what's the next level for Sea of Thieves ahead? how do we the experience with? Yeah. it has been my heads in a lot, in a lot of that space at the moment.
0: So with, uh,
1: I kind of dodgy question, but yeah. kind of acknowledging it and saying that <laughs> what you're hinting at is, is very much on our minds.
0: I And that's that's kind of the goal. Like the, the idea doesn't necessarily have to be the thing that gets implemented, but as long as the, or, or my idea doesn't have to be implemented, but as long as is the idea of how do you inform players what the server mood is like when you log right. in, uh, is invaluable to not only casual players, but streamers, players of, of all different types, whether it be you're you're looking for ships to hunt down or you're looking for uh, ships to ally with, uh, yeah. having that anonymous data um, readily available, it feels invaluable from a player perspective because it, it really informs how my night is going to go or whether or not I'm even going to stay on that server.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's that in the session, but I actually think we can do more from a curation perspective of how we curate our matchmaking to, to make exciting possibilities more readily available. I think that's an area we're looking at as well.
0: Do you see portals playing a, a part in that?
1: I think, I think it's even before that. I think even, even at like a fundamental level, just in putting you in a place where you're going to have the kind of stories that you want to have. And it's something that we're looking at. I mean, it's a, it's kind of an interesting area, right? Where it's it's kind of, what's the mechanic of it? Like, what's the functionality of it? Then it's, where's the storytelling potential? Mm-hmm. And then where's the opportunity to surprise people by giving them something in an unexpected way? Yeah. Um. So I think the portal stuff and the work that we did with the Sea of the Damned is interesting, but I think it needs to be something a bit more fundamental than that.
0: Something that changes kind of the core of, of the Sea of Thieves in general?
1: I think so. I think so. Or along, along, like complementing what we've
0: already had, already got. Okay. So with, uh, with the portals in that case, um, this has been a, a, a bit of a pain point for me. I've always loved the sight lines in Sea of Thieves. Mm. And the the one spire in the middle has always been the, the, the literal pinnacle. Um, and yes. with Tall Tale 5, with uh, Coral Fortresses rising up out of the ground and giant mermaid statues rising out of the ground, it feels like the tech is in place to... Uh, be able to dynamically change the Sea of Thieves based on whatever magic is necessary at the time to be able to justify what has to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, is there a reason why you guys decided to keep the portal stones up in that place? Yeah. Uh, all the time,
1: yeah. No, that's good. that's good, and totally understand. Hear the feedback. Saw your tweets. Mm. Saw other other players tweet. <laughs> I I totally get it from the perspective of CFEs being this beautiful beautiful place and seeing the horizon line. Big big thing there is is just kind of the discoverability of the tall tales mm. and new players understanding what that that experience is and how you get into that experience. And it was a very conscious thing with a Pirates' life to to essentially go what do we want a new player to experience are they coming in and they're experiencing the shores of gold adventure and then they're going to check out pirates life or is it the other way around and it was very much you've done the maiden voyage you've found your way to the sea of thieves the castaways right there you step up and play your part to save the sea of thieves and then shores of gold is something you can go and discover afterwards you see that with how cinematic they are Um, the kind of level of it's much more interactive. Uh, It's much more like set piece to set piece rather than the cerebral puzzle solving space that the shores of gold created. And don't get me wrong, there's pros and cons in each. They're very different to create. Um, But it was about giving players that golden path for no matter which outpost you start at, Mm -hmm. you can get straight into that experience. I do take on and totally agree with you that the, the fantastical nature of our world gives us a bit more freedom in... Preserving the horizon line and getting players into those portals. So it's some it's something that we've discussed and we'll look at. Um, but yeah, there certainly wasn't time to to fix that in a in a readily available way while still achieving our goals for new players at that same time for the launch of a pirate's life. But no, I've seen the feedback. We've all seen the feedback.
0: Okay, um, I'm and I'm curious uh, to speaking specifically to changes in the Sea of Thieves. We've recently had some changes over at Thieves Haven. And there's been some some restructuring of a lot of the uh, the mm-hmm. pulleys and trusses and stuff that they have built up around there. And uh, aside from stuff that's imminent, because uh, I imagine when this goes out, we'll probably, hopefully, maybe know more about what's going on with Thieves Haven. But uh, with all the the focus on Thieves Haven, it brings me back to the hideout that the the crew of the Magpies Wing had. As far as I understand it, we have not seen that hideout. And I'm curious if that's something that you guys have taken into account when you start kind of playing around with some of the stuff that's going on in Thieves' Haven. Like, is that something that, that we may be venturing to or, or uh, be involved with story in the future?
1: Yeah. yeah, so what what players have started to see as little hints towards um, some additions for Season 5, that is very much the start um, and really relates to part of the motivation for Tall Tales was it was a great way to invest in new quest mechanics, um, having things like mechanisms and traps and the and the chests you can open and store valuables in. There's, there's, there's lots of and you know ca- character animated cutscenes and really kind of basic stuff that players would expect um, for an adventure experience. And the idea of we build this stuff and then we can pay it back to the rest of the game. Air challenge is always... How do you do that and dedicate design time to it while you're also pushing the world forward in new ways? And I think there's always that conflict of, God, do we do we go back and improve what we've already done or do we go into a new direction? And the idea of adding more interactivity to islands is like something I'm so passionate about. I think our world and the potential of our world, I think it feels I think it feels more static than it really should do. Um, And I think we've got a lot of mechanics we could go apply to a lot of the islands that could make it feel more alive. And there's more things to do rather than just finding machine bottles and fighting skeletons. And and I think there's lots more we can do there. I think making sure we do that justice at the right time is always the hard thing. Um, But there'll be some cool stuff added with season five. In that regard, but definitely the start of something we want to expand in the future. Um,
0: oh man, you're I feel like you're you're saying exactly you're pouring honey into my ears at this point because <laughs> I've I've okay. consistently oh, I hope so. uh well back when anniversary update came out, um there were the videos that came out and Andy was talking about or Andy Preston, for anyone that doesn't know who I'm talking about, uh, was talking about wanting to take some of the the traps and some of the uh the booby traps and stuff that you guys have designed for those tall tales and start implementing those into old islands and immediately in my head i think of devil's ridge and devil's ridge has uh sprung sprung booby traps um so i'm looking at the the fact that you say that sea thieves feel static is a very very big question in my mind because i i see why you're saying that and i'm very curious (sighs) Is it from a, a discoverability perspective that a lot of the NPCs in the world don't walk around, uh, and why that, that we don't, is that just because you want to make sure that pirates know to expect exactly where Deadshot Charlotte is going to be on Lone Cove every single time you go there, or is that just a, a game engine, uh, restriction that you guys just can't, can't work around as far as like being able to have more life other than the animals in Sea of Thieves. I think
1: I think it's even deeper than that. I think it's... I mean, knowing that the islands were designed as stages, they were stages for all these various types of gameplay. You could be there solving an X-Mark's spot, you could be solving a riddle, you could be doing a bounty, you could be capturing chickens, you could be doing a tall tale. They serve up all these different types of gameplay so the context of the island can feel different time of day, weather, crews chasing you, uh, all the different reasons you could be on an island. I think... If you break it down to its mechanical pieces, I think more opportunity and more tools on the island to enrich your adventures. I think it's interesting with the NPCs feeling more alive and there is an opportunity there. But I think first and foremost, our priority would be how can we give you more tools on the island, more ways to enrich your adventures, making the islands feel more than just a backdrop to the, the quest that you're on. Uh, I think that there's so much more potential there, and we've we've talked about it for a, for a long time. And part of the pitch to the the team with Tall Tales was, you know, Tall Tales. You some players will play them many times, but we're not expecting the average player to play them more than once. That Tall Tales are a window into the CFE's world. They get you to understand why the world is the way it is. They give you that cinematic entry point. But we want you to stick around for the love of the world and the emergent world and what's at the heart of Sea of Thieves. So, part of the advantage with Tall Tales was it gives you that reason to go double down and invest in all these mechanisms and traps. But then finding the time to pay back that value—that's the thing that we're we're always wrestling with. But like, I would acknowledge it, and it's something we want to do
0: more of in the future. I I, I swear I I didn't talk to you beforehand. But one of my questions that I've r- had written down for a long time is literally, what is the target percentage completion for Tall Tales when you guys set out to build Tall Tales? And part of that deals with the fact that you really have taken a pirate's life and tried to make that the centerpiece for onboarding players into Sea yeah. Thieves. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. Uh, two questions. One have we hit the golden age of piracy and sea of thieves yet and two uh regarding the 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 tall tales um are you happy with where the tall tales are now like as far as uh design structure um were there things that you've seen as a result of uh people playing through them multiple times and what you can kind of change to improve that experience in the future or uh i I imagine every artist feels like they're not finished and they're not going to do something so uh, are those things that you're kind of thinking about um, and kind of starting with the uh, the golden age of piracy first?
1: We're definitely not in the golden age of piracy yet. The golden really? age is still to come. We're not no way. in the golden age. We're not. We're not. I mean, okay. If you, yeah, if you kind of look at it historically with what that means from a role perspective and the dynamic with pirates in that world, I mean, the Sea of Thieves is, you know, their outpost, right? They're fledgling little bastions of civilization in this wild pirate world. We're not yet in the golden age, which is. As exciting for for me as i as i hope it is for you yeah
0: um but i'm, I'm like that's a big deal dude that's a huge a, to, to say that we're we're almost four years in and you still you ha- you don't feel like we're in the, the golden age of piracy i'm like bro what what else are we getting <laughs> Where, what are we what are we moving forward to if that's okay because i'm thinking like nasa and you know it's Tortuga and it's like if that's if, if if we haven't hit it yet then it's like okay, well we we've got a lot of places we can go with this then.
1: We, we often say on the team it's like there's just not a natural end point for this game with how broad the world is, the pirate theme, the unique fantastical nature of our game. Um it's just there's so many places you can go, but the parallel to real world history we're not in the we're not in the golden age of piracy yet and you'll see us take some steps towards that in the next 12 months for sure. Mm. Um, And the tall tales question is really interesting. And it was a shores of gold. I think even at the time I'd convinced myself that this was for new players, but I think in hindsight, we were, it was a luxurious (laughs) approach of really designing it for our core players. And it really relied on, if we're honest, the knowledge of the world and the way islands look in silhouette and, I think it's more about shores of gold. Was more about thinking and doing, mm-hmm. um, where there was a lot more seeing and taking in the moment in a pirate's life, and that that was a conscious thing, in terms of a pirate's life being a we want to get you into the experience as smoothly as possible hence we've got the aforementioned rock arches at the different outposts and then take you on that golden path on this awesome adventure just take you on this cinematic thrill ride that reminds you that everything was great about these wonderful pirates of the caribbean characters but hopefully you leave with a greater appreciation of of our world and why those characters would want to be in the pirate world of see these whereas shores of gold was very much a let's really test your knowledge of the world and give you this great kind of cerebral puzzle solving experience that don't get me wrong has those cinematic highs with a, with a uh, bit of fade to the morning star and shores of gold but a lot of it is really you taking the clue from the quest book and all of the gameplay kind of happens in your head in terms of picking the next moment so they're very different experiences and fun to create for different reasons um but i think as you can imagine the pirates life completion rates are higher um than shores of gold and there's a lot of reasons for that like the 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 kind of the, why the castaway was on every single outpost, why you could enter the portal close to every outpost is really a reflection of what we learned from Shores of Gold. Now, it's incredibly obvious in hindsight that, you know, it's very unlike a lot of games that you need to sail to very specific points in the world. That takes time. There's no fast travel in Sea of Thieves deliberately because that's the way our world works. That you need to then, if you're really into the storyline, you've then got to go sail you know, X minutes across the world to kind of hit the next tall tale. So we learned a lot from the shores of gold. I'm still incredibly proud of what we created, particularly from a, like a storytelling perspective. But a lot of the learning from that and the completion rates fed into the decisions we made in a pirate's life. Um And th- the nature of the fact that it's a shared world and most... Of the gameplay takes place in a shared world brings with it some advantages it also brings with it a lot of challenges in terms of how you manage that and yeah a lot of problems that are unique to a game because the heart of our, the heart of a game is that player those player experiences in a shared world
0: is it safe to say then that it's it's going to be assumed that future tall tales uh would still still kind of stick around in the main sea of thieves world or has there been any talk about starting to relegate some of that story to uh custom servers through the portal system to kind of ensure that players are getting the the kind of experience that you're hoping to craft for them
1: yeah i I don't think it's kind of a one-size-fits-all approach i think i still get excited by the possibilities of doing more things in the shared world Mm -hmm. um I think the sea of the dam was an interesting approach where it just made sense that we can go to this world and we give you this crafted experience and it made sense for those key moments in the story i think that worked out quite well um i think obviously with the shores of gold we we reduced like the contention of players around certain areas and we a lot of the things that we wanted to work with sunken pearl we definitely had some challenges when that first launched um, so, again, there's always things that you learn from doing these things in a shared world. But, yeah, still still kind of fascinated by the potential of storytelling in a shared world. I always think back to The Hungry in Deep. And yeah. know, the fact that everybody, and this is the thing, right, the fact that everybody is doing the same thing at the same time changes the tone of the world. And it's something so unique. In a game like airs, that's a service where present day is today, the past is the past, and you can go and relive some of that stuff, but players are going to be part of the future unfolding of the world. And still so much untapped potential
0: there. Yeah, there really is. Um, you you talked you bring up present and future as far as the player's interaction goes. I want to uh, take that theme and kind of turn it on turn it on its head and ask you a little bit about aging in Sea of Thieves. Um, mm-hmm. We have some characters that we know based on the tall tales, uh, uh, that they've grown up in sea of thieves, but it doesn't seem like outside of a couple people, many people age in sea of thieves. And, and we know thanks to, uh, Athena's fortune that might, some of that might have to do with some of the magic that's involved with sea of thieves, especially with the food yep. that you eat. Um, how does aging work for sea of thieves? So What this is, yeah. So, what's really interesting is that
1: I will say that time clearly moves differently in the Sea of Thieves compared to the outside world. So, everybody in the Sea of Thieves, there's a few people that have been born there, but everybody in the Sea of Thieves has come from the outside world to this fantastical world of Sea of Thieves. And They've all got one thing in common. They've all sought to answer that call of adventure to to be in this pirate world. They believed that magic was real and there was a place in the world where magic could exist. And they followed that map to start this new life in the Sea of Thieves. So everybody has that in common. But the idea that what if Sea of Thieves was, it's more than just a meeting point geographically, it's actually a meeting point in time. So people in the Sea of Thieves could potentially come from time periods hundreds of years apart. And when they get to the Sea of Thieves, the way they age is a reflection of where they've come from. So there's a lot of that going on in our world.
0: Interesting. It's kind of like that that idea of when you're when you're really, really happy, the moment that you're in seems to last forever. And it feels like that's kind of like a basis of what Sea of Thieves is, is you're there, you're having a really good time. So everything seems like it's just, time is just kind of stopped for me at least. Yeah. Um, it's kind of
1: interesting when you, when you hear kind of Tasha speak um, about her memories and legendary storyteller and her adventures with Briggsie, um and all of that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah kind of deliberately trying to create that contrast between her and she's very much a child of the Sea of Thieves versus some of her other characters who are very much outside entities there for greed or there for fortune
0: yeah that's and that's kind of the what i was leaning towards is is at some point she had to have been born in sea of thieves and there was never a, a time where we where we saw that transition so it's all kind of like did she leave the sea of thieves and then come back later when she was older was kind of the assumption to my in my mind at least um based on the stories that she had when she was a kid she left and then remembered how much fun she had and how much. See if he was meant to her and decided to come back to kind of pick up the uh, the tavern role. Um yeah, it's,
1: it's really the best thing, right? It's the you have a world where Nautical folklore comes to life, and you can play with the concept of time. It gives you the maximum amount of creative freedom in terms of what you can do and what you can bring to the world, and how you can surprise people. So, yeah, yeah time time will play a factor at some point.
0: Speaking of uh, surprising people, um, Duke the Dark Lord, I got to bring it up with you. Duke. I knew you'd get a care of that. <laughs> I was um, I was really happy when I saw that. It, much to the detriment of a lot of fans who really love Duke uh duke was kind of a a, a lost soul um mm-hmm. someone that i never i i always saw the potential in him to be who i knew he was going to turn out to be uh whether i that was actually going to happen or not i had no clue but um yeah. i'm curious with him with with wanda uh with stitcher jim um those are three really main people in Thieves that i've i've constantly got my my heart for like they are the three people that i'm always Rooting to find out more about what happens to them. So, uh Duke and Stitcher Jim, Stitcher Jim especially right now, um, have been kind of MIA in the world. Mm-hmm. And Wanda has always been a mysterious figure. She's always been able to find a way to hide. Uh, she doesn't necessarily need to breathe. So, I can imagine she's probably hanging out on a, a, a skelly galleon somewhere below the waves, just <laughs> ready to pounce whenever she wants to. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious where has Stitcher Jim been and where has Duke been? been? Yeah, but. He's out there. So. Uh, you know what? You know, on the Duke point, I
1: think like, it, it's cool that you called it. <laughs> or is he a Dark Lord? Uh, it's, but for me, like that whole point of returning to themes and the theme being important and that, you know, I've said before, but like the lore in Sea of Thieves, it's like figure skating. You establish a theme, you go back and you go over the same footsteps again and you make it stronger and then you build on it. Um, the whole Duke thing and Wanda and Stitcher Gym, it's all about, there's a message behind all of that, um, which is Duke as a member of the Bills Rats, in direct opposition to the trading companies, doesn't really stand for anything. Duke stood for adventures, set sail for adventure, you know, having adventures out there in the world, not belonging to anything greater, not belonging to a greater calling beyond just the the concept of doing what you like, when you like Following your nose to any adventure that points your way. And that's really the message right, which is what is right. Should you believe in something, should you believe in something greater? And that is ultimately Duke's downfall, is that the fact that he didn't believe in anything, deep, deeper than his everyday, is why he was so easy to lure um by the siren queen. And ultimately where he end he's ended up where he is. Um but Stitcher Jim, and Wanda and Duke, I agree with you. By the way, they are mainstays. See if these characters—they've all got a part to play. They're out there. They That's, are out there, and oh. the wheels are turning. And you'll—you—you you may very well see them again.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's interesting that you bring up that Duke is—is. Is not for aligning with the trade companies when now he is a dark brethren of the dark brethren court um is there conflict with that design uh or with that with that decision to lump him in with a a group even though that was the thing that he was kind of against in the get-go
1: i think it's the what davy jones represents it's about the it's the law of the sea and I think that's something that has on some level has been appealing to Duke. And there's also kind of the setup that we did around the Siren Queen, which is there's an element of Duke was particularly vulnerable, um, which is why the message of Davy Jones appealed to him. But his stories are from over. Um, so the, the kind of the origin story for Duke and where Duke's going to go next is, is definitely something on the radar that we'll
0: explore. I'm going to ask you a really, a really hard question right now. Because Duke, Duke is a and I've asked you this question before, so hopefully I can get you to say this on the record. Um, But I'm curious with Duke. Um, He's a character that was born from Sea of Thieves, much like many of the other characters. Uh, But Duke is a very interesting name that is technically associated with having title. Is Mm -hmm. Duke an actual Duke? Is Duke his actual name? Great question. (laughs) <laughs> moving on uh,
1: So <laughs> uh so that's a great that's a really interesting line of thought well it's yeah. th- where has he come from where did this guy come from
0: uh, that's, that's his backstory that's a lot of yeah. uh, you I, will you will learn all of that in time i'm I, i'm curious because and and i'm pulling this um purely based on previous thoughts that i had uh but additionally the latest episode of see official podcast um, talked about the book reveal, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Chris uh, does with the the second iteration, uh, his second yeah. go at writing a book. And um, I believe in that podcast, there was hints that the book might be dealing with someone who we may or may not have the name to. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if 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 I'm if I'm right on the hunch that the book may or may not deal with Duke, I imagine it's probably going to have to deal with many characters in Sea of Thieves, uh, just based on the time that it's going to be set. If it's set any time between the uh anniversary update and present day, I imagine it's probably going to deal with that since we've already treaded the the story of the past as far as like how Sea of Thieves kind of came about. Um, is that is that something that's kind of like at the forefront of your guys' minds when you're writing a story is, is are you trying to set up the the fill in the blanks of what's happened between the first book and now or are you guys looking to take the story further to kind of set the stage for future content?
1: Yeah definitely definitely the latter. I think with with the first book it was around it's a foundational novel. It's about Pirate Lord, what he stands for, what he believes in, the his you know the the kind of the antithesis to him, which is the gold hoarder, and what he represents, which is someone literally consumed by greed, versus someone who believed in the crew bond. Whereas in the next novel, it's very much around expanding what you know and filling in the blanks, but really laying the groundwork for where we're going to go next. So, oh, and this is the beauty, right? This is the beauty <laughs> for having the second. It's the second. The second novel yeah um so yeah we need to do something a little bit different with it um, I'm, and, I'm, and like chris chris did such a wonderful job in in my opinion with athena's fortune yeah um and, and i think in many ways you know it's the prequel to the shores of gold story um but yeah very excited by the next novel and how it can explain give you a new perspective on existing things in the game but also that Interesting. is more foundation for where we're going to go next
0: okay okay i like no, where that's not, going it's
1: not it's not a it, it won't just be a here's a side story to that's all about making you think differently it's definitely going to lay some foundational work
0: for where we go next that's so kind of the antithesis of how the comics have been right now because right now it feels very much like the the uh sea of champions uh Mm. comic book series has been very much about filling in the backstory of yeah. Arthur Pendragon, uh, in leading. And, and, I gotta say, man, the, those comics right. have been absolutely amazing. I've, I've, I've loved those so much. I want more of those. <laughs> um, and I'm, and I'm hoping that we, I, I really want, I really want Pendragon to settle down. I don't, I know he's a ghost, but I really want him to settle down because it really felt like something was going on between him and Olivia. And it's such, it's such a pain point to to, to see like him struggling in the pirate pirate uh, legend tavern. And um, I'm, I'm really curious because I feel like he's the one, he's the one though, right? He, your yeah. actions is ultimately what convinced Jack Sparrow, which is that thing.
1: like no like nobody gets left behind, you know, you, you're the one that you've proven that to Pendragon through your actions in heart of fire. And ultimately that's part of the thing that convinces Jack that the sea of thieves is different from his world and why he's special. You know, the very conscious thing to bring Pendragon back and just the message of that the song that's in Seabone's Soul, the start of that song, Who Shall Not Be Returning. You know, if there's, that was, If We Shall Sail Together is the anthem of Sea of Thieves. That is the faithful journey of a crew bonded together for adventure. We shall sail together. Who Shall Not Be Returning is the, is kind of the dark turn. It's the day after. Yeah. It's kind of what that message of that was about.
2: Happy the music. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah but, yeah i mean that's why we deliberately went back to that theme but yeah pendragon yeah, love that character i actually replayed Seaburn's soul over the weekend i've not played it for, for probably some like probably close to a year i've not played Seaburn's soul and yeah just reminded of, of just of how awesome pendragon is yeah i get to say that but he's, yeah, I he's just think, up I think, I think I there i think he's awesome and yeah he's got yeah he's definitely got more stories to tell in the future i hope I was, so you know definitely kind of the origin stuff is great right because you get to go it's present day in the sea of thieves you get to explore things in the past that's quite difficult to do in the sea of thieves uh, in the game experience but yeah using comics to explore the past and using new stories to, to, to kind of extend the future in game
0: I think that's our approach with some of these major characters do you want to use the comics to explain other characters like stitcher jim's past
1: yeah i think there's loads of potential there i think we we probably will, and there's obviously opportunities there with with the novel the second novel as
0: well. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> Again, it's just giving you that giving you that foundational um background to characters and the lore and the themes that we're going to dive into more. Yeah. Complex yeah. very very it's a complex world really and the whole, you know, pirate's life, what does that mean for the Heart story? It was like well pirate's life happened. It happened. It's not it's been off. It, it happened. The pirate lord saw it happen. Flameheart saw it happen. He will change. He's going to change his approach and his goal. Uh, as will the pirate lord, as an event of what happened. This incredible event of a mysterious character, the castaway turning up in the Sea of Thieves, and an outside entity in Jack Sparrow coming to the Sea of Thieves. It's all going to change the flow of the story where it goes from here and strengthens it, makes it more meaningful.
0: You you bring up an interesting point because I will admit reading the latest episode of the the Sea of Thieves comic, Ramsey felt off to me. It felt like something had changed and I, I don't know if that was something that was in, intended, but he felt colder than his normal jovial self. Um almost like a stern parent kind of bearing down on Pendragon for, for being so uh indecisive about what to do. And and I don't know if that was intended or, or intended or not, but I am I am kind of curious because we have so many threats right now in Sea of Thieves and it it does feel from my perspective that Ramsey is very absent with it. And I'm I'm wondering if if that's going to change in the future. I'm wondering if Ramsey is going to try and do something more productive to preserve the nature of Sea of Thieves, or is his approach truly just to try and and guide people in a way to say, like, this is your Sea of Thieves, your time. Is he now, it's it's your job to take care of what's going on here. Um, so I'm, I'm, There's
1: an element of that, right? There's an element of why, why build a tavern out of your old ship deep in a dark cave. It's to reminisce and reflect on your life and all your adventures and use that as a lesson to others. But I think there's something wonderful about characters like that from novels and movies who they've lived their life. They're full of wisdom, but they get called back into action. Um, uh, or get get called back into active service and have to play a more active role in in forthcoming stories. I think I think that is yeah, it's an exciting prospect. But yeah, Ramsey deliberately didn't get involved in a pirate's life. You know, pirates handled that one. Um, but yeah, may you yeah, have a part to play in the future.
0: Okay, I I would be remiss, um, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the captain because mm. for a long time. The captain has been a one a one word pronoun in a book forever ago. Now he's a, a one word pronoun in Sea of Thieves. Uh, how close would you say captain is to actually arriving in Sea of Thieves? Is he still is is that something where because at least from the notes in uh, Tall Tale 4 for Pirate's Life, the Dark Brethren court are meeting to try and decide, like, if it's time to call Captain to the Sea of Thieves. And it seems like the Captain is imminent. Would you say that that's, that's accurate, or are there still still things that have to get done for him to justify coming to Sea of Thieves? There's still things that have to get done, and I think definitely through the
1: actions of players, they kind of delayed it by derailing the Dark Brethren's plan. But yes, he's out there pulling the strings, has been for an endless amount of time. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so into that point then, uh, Davy Jones, not being the, the head of the Dark Brethren court, has uh, Wanda taken up that mantle?
1: Great question. <laughs> Great question. The Dark Brethren still exist, right? Yeah. They've had their numbers thinned. Yeah. But they're out there. Mm. I think it relates to questions you've asked earlier. Dark Brethren ultimately what they want to achieve is still something that's important to them. Um, you know, they had a, they had a chair set out for the captain at the dark brethren meeting table. <sighs> so he was imminent in that moment, but okay. yeah, he's still out there pulling the strings.
0: Okay. Um, man, I'm not going to get nearly as much as I was hoping to. Uh, so with, there's with... still clues. I, I told oh, you, no, I gave yeah. you
1: a tip off. You didn't find the clues.
0: No, I, I know it's, so yeah. frustrating too that I haven't found that. I, I really wish I understood where you were what you were pointing towards. Because I know I can't. I know. Point to it there, can I? No, um, but maybe I can bring this up. Uh, so the Reaper's Heart uh, weapons um, have had a, a red lens for a while. And uh, mm. most recently in season four, we've gotten the level 100 reward for Wanda Spyglass.
2: Mm-hmm. With yes. Wanda
0: being uh, absent, this Spyglass seems like an interesting level 100 reward. Uh, there's been a lot of theories going around recently about uh, ghosts and being to look back at their their former self. Um, just recently, I've, I've, I've started to kind of take on the idea that that is intentional because I love how you guys will see something and it may not be an intent at the start. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but because of the the way that it affects the world, um, you'd start to lean heavy into it. And I'm I'm curious: is is it intentional to have Wanda Spyglass as the level 100 reward? Yes. What would you say is is the goal for uh, Wanda Spyglass? Are we going to be using that for something in the future? Like how do you how do you approach uh, players that come in post season four? that don't have access to that spyglass if you do have plans for it yeah
1: i think i'm deliberately i'm not trying to be evasive i'm really really not and i think (laughs) there's so many dangling threads in this game related to major players and yet in kind of bows that haven't been tied and kind of the payoffs for certain story moments and you know it's part of the beauty of CFEs being a live service is that you plant the seed, you watch it grow, you pay it off, you return to it later. So, a lot of what you're mentioning are going to be very important for the future. Um, yes, there'll be, well, yeah, Wonder well, would wonder want you to get her hands on a spyglass, or is she leaving messages for people? I think. You'll see, yeah, it has a part to play for sure.
0: The the thing that I can think of is is her end goal is to disrupt Flame She's spurned by by his his lack of requirement for love. So her goal is to try and stop him, as far as I can tell. And if the spyglass is any tool that we can use to do that, I imagine we'll probably use it in the future. I'm curious how you feel uh if there will be an item in the future that will mimic that that feature or that that style of of spyglass so that players who didn't achieve level 100 or people who haven't purchased the reaper's heart weapons in the emporium will still have access to that kind of a a thing
1: yeah sorry i understand the full context of your question so yeah absolutely i mean there is a wider point here which is it's a tricky thing, right? Which is you want to reward people for the many hours that they put into the game going through that seasonal progression. But you also want to give players who they've gone on hot. They love sea of thieves have gone on holiday. They've missed their opportunities to get these items. How do you give them a valid way to reclaim those items in a way that feels fair to the original people? So I think bringing those items back in a way that makes sense is something that we're going to want to do. Um, The kind of, we're formulating that plan mm-hmm. at the moment. You know, you've got it with the barrel hide emote. You know, it kind of unlocks gameplay. We want to give players an opportunity to go and unlock that and earn that. It'll be in a different way. Um, it's still going to require that effort. Um, but yeah, kind of the the use of Wonder Spyglass, that spyglass has a part to
0: play um in the future. That's cool. That's I love how you guys kind of do little things like that. Um additionally, we we just got the announcement of the the Canon Roboats. Uh, the the hints have been there, and I can't wait to talk to Joe about some of the ARG stuff that's been going around with that. Um, I'm trying to think if there was something because I'm I'm starting to get down to the questions that uh, I wanted to make sure I get the questions in from the the gold hoarders that I've been uh, telling that I've been kind of prepping them for this. Yeah, um cool. I reached out to Dead Eye Dre uh, if he had anything, mm-hmm. and he he uh, he asks. He must uh,
1: have. He must have. Come <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: Yeah. He says, uh, can you ask what he sees the role of a storyteller as being? Uh, If he feels he has a duty to surprise or long, slow burn build up to something that doesn't really change anything because we had already guessed it ages ago. That's a great question.
1: That's a great question. So I think hopefully this comes across in a lot of what we do, but I think it's all about, it's the transportive quality of games. You know, the parallel there with books and movies, it's about even if it's a fraction of a moment it's trying to get you to believe that something can feel truly magical in this world and that's the thing right when i'm kind of saying you know i'm not deliberately trying to be invasive but it's because there's plans in place right with trying to surprise players in the future and it's not i'm not talking about the lost style of storytelling which oh we're just going to keep changing things and keep people on their toes you have to pay it off Mm -hmm. eventually um part of the reason why i think for engaged players a pirate's life landed is because it you've got you've got this history with the characters and their story you know where they've come from and they play a pivotal role you know that i hoped above all else that that moment in tale 3 where the characters of sea of thieves stand up to basically professed jack sparrow why this world was worth saving that that would have that emotional draw for people that's what you're playing for that's what storytelling is all about it's trying to create those moments where it has an impact on people it's all about having that trying to foster that emotional reaction and that investment and it's you know when they all turn up at the end and you know it's the true meaning of we shall settle together at the end of tale five where all of these characters turn up um it's what it's all about it's about creating those moments and the only reason I'm like, oh, Mike's being really cryptic. Here he is again with the latest. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's all. It's that's what we're playing for. That's what we're playing for. You. It's the most precious thing in the world is being able to impact people's emotions because that's the stuff that play it stays with you after the the game is over. Right. You 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 turn the game off and it's the memories. Like any great story, it's the, the memories that they trigger that stay with you and it makes the world feel like a living, breathing place um, that exists off off your tv screen yeah that's that's the most precious thing so when it, whenever i'm not answering questions it's because i'm playing for that it's the it's the it's the showman it's the showman in me trying to trying to create something that feels magical
0: so that that kind of leads into what i wanted to to, to breach on which is the the, the surprise and delight um, we had that moment with uh, the Pirate's Life reveal at E3. It was, it, it, for lack of a better word, epic. It was absolutely epic the way we got to to see that reveal. It was the most surprising thing we've seen since, it, I would say, anniversary update was was probably one of the biggest moments as far as uh, revealing what we were going to be getting and yeah. everything that was coming to Sea of Thieves. But even before that, with uh, 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 Forsaken Shores, with Curse Sails, with uh, The Hungering One, or The Hungering Deep... All of those were pinnacle moments in my mind that that anchor. they're they're an epoch in time uh, yeah. that that really speaks to the world is changing. and a pirate's life was one of those. So, as a storyteller, with uh, dealing with surprise and delight, are you working towards making more of those moments? Yes.
1: So <laughs> goes back to the goes back to the comment I made about the world feeling too static. I think. When I think about live service, I don't just, I just, I actually mean it in the rare way. I mean, it in the Sea of Thieves way, which is it's not just, live service doesn't just mean a rhythm of content updates. Live service, the promise of live service is that it's a living, breathing world that's available to you anytime. And it's evolving all the time. And the fate of the world is changing. And As many times as possible when you play that game, things have moved on. And we have tried and dabbled and strived to do it in many different ways over the years. Um, But I think think we've established what this world is now, foundationally what its lore is, what makes it special. So doing more things where we're not going dark for so long that we're telling an evolving story through our seasons, seasons being the main storyline. That's ideally where we want to get to. And it's more than just content. It's the fact that the story is moving forward on a more regular basis and people can get hooked in more emotionally rather than just, it's not just the gameplay mechanics, it's the story as a gateway to those gameplay mechanics and everything you're doing, feeling like it's part of a context of a story. Um, so much more we can do there. And I think it's It's probably, when I think back on Sea of Thieves and all of the thing, very different things that we've done and the different types of content that we've built, I think one of the, one of the great creative challenges that we've not cracked yet is, is how we make Sea truly feel like an evolving service. It should service. It sounds like it's a disservice. But I mean, in terms of it truly feels like an evolving world that's changing month to month, year to year, rather than it just being, oh, I'm just waiting for the next tall tale. That's the only time the world moves forwards. All that that drop of content, it feeling like story is more, more of an important part of what you're doing from a Um, very ambitious plans there um for the next year
0: wow i well i'm looking forward to that because it i i know what you're talking about i I definitely feel it from time to time because it does as much as i love jumping in from season to season and seeing the different themes um it feels like a lot of the the major progression uh tends to come with tall tales or or at least updates like that um so speaking to uh el jefe esteban uh, who wrote in? He says uh, we assume that the Flame Heart story will be finishing up, quote unquote, soon. Are there plans for lore slash story past Flame Heart? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> if it ends, can't possibly give away how that will resolve.
0: Um, I, I am curious about that. Like, how do you tackle uh, world events being tied so heavily to the story? Because if if Flame Heart does end, I mean, you know, I don't I don't know how it's going to happen or if it will happen. But if say it were in a hypothetical sense, going to end. How do you deal with with that content being in the game as a world event? I think to do that idea justice, I think
1: looking out across the seas and seeing Flame Heart glowing in the sky, talking to you and bringing Ghost Ship through to capture islands as part of his plan. I think it's a great symbol of Flame Heart's thought process and what he's trying to accomplish. I think one of the one of the big indicators of his plan moving on will be when he just disappears and he moves forward with his plan. Interesting. So I don't, I don't, I mean, it's interesting, right? I mean, we talked, thought about it long and hard with the shores of gold and the idea, and Pirate Lord refers to it, right? Which is the, the stain of greed. You know, he's you know, not rubbed away that easily. And <laughs> I think the idea that there's always, if there's greed, the idea that, as long as there's greed in the world, as long as you're still giving gold to the gold hoarders, they're still shipping it back to the shores of gold. The gold hoarder still regenerates. There's still a place for him in the world. But with players like Flameheart, like, I, I don't really think there's a world where you can maintain world events and build a narrative. And it goes back to that idea of the world feeling static. Things have to change and move on. Yeah, um, And it's very, very complex. It's very complex when you've invested a lot in certain mechanics. And how do you really do that justice and how do you get new players to understand what's happened in the past? Um, and that's why when I say it's a creative challenge and it's one of the things we've not cracked, I'm referring to all that stuff, which is how do you make it feel like it's moving forward for players that have been with us for years? Um, but for new players, they feel like they've got a window into it. So yeah. it's a bit, big, big part of the thought process. Um, I mean, I don't think we'll ever want to remove the tall tales because Existing players may want to go back and replay them and new players. It's a great way to understand their world because that's the goals of them. Um, But for storytelling in the wider world, I think that needs to feel less static. And that applies to world events.
0: Do you see a world where you're taking world events and replacing them as tall tales so that if they did want to go back and actually see Flameheart or trying to take over some of the islands, that that would be kind of an on-demand system? where they can do it and they can work towards it and the way they do that is through a tall tale
1: maybe maybe maybe. there's definitely there's definitely a place for that but um i think this is a thing that cuts. that's what it's all about right you've got to be bold with this stuff um and sometimes you've got to move it on and take things out
0: well that's Um, that's the struggle with uh i mean just looking at some of the issues that destiny 2 is dealing with right now they they have been sunsetting content for their game for a while now and it's it's completely stripped out most of the free content that's available for uh new light players and and i mean
1: it's kind of different for us because it's it's all
0: possibilities
1: within one shared world Mm -hmm. and even though some stuff is harder to find or it's on It's a world event that's refreshing and you might not always be guaranteed to be there in your server. It is a possibility. For us, we've always taken the approach of we never want to take anything out of the game because it's a possibility, it's a story and it's another combination of things that can happen in the world. And I think that's the reason why the end result of that is our world does feel static. And I think we would think long and hard about taking something away. Um, And if we take that value away, we'll make sure we keep the value in the game in another way. So it's not like we're going to take a bunch of content out the game um i think some things need to progress and change in order to tell a really compelling
0: story well hopefully on the table hopefully hopefully that helps answer some of the questions because i know i know a lot of people were asking about flameheart um mike 29 or xbox mike 29 put out uh he'd also like to know if we're ever going to get more information uh maybe some tall tale stories about the ancients uh, the whisper, whispering plague revelation was was really grand and the story that was told through the mm-hmm. uh the actual siren um uh, shrines has been exceptional probably I'll, I'll be honest Mike, the shrines even though I've only done them uh for the the journals a couple times the way that you guys told story through those those uh shrines was exceptional i I really love them I thought they were a great addition to the world, whether or not people interact with them all the time doesn't really factor in for me because they gave me another option, Uh, they gave me another place to go. But the story that you told was not one that was tied to any, any uh, tall tale that was any kind of like linear path that I had to had to work through. It was literally just a few journals placed here and there around the world. And I got to consume that story in my own way and as if if anything if i could offer any kind of feedback uh for for those as much as i love yeah. them i would love to have a a a captain's log that i can access <laughs> that gives me all of those awesome journal entries uh scribed into a book that i can read on demand that yeah.
1: i hear you i hear you <laughs> i'd love that i'd love that too
0: um so uh, that, that's something I, I love that story i love the way that that's being told so getting to 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 xbox mike 29 question do you think that we're going to or I, I guess you would know uh are we going to be getting some stories in the future that that dive more into the ancients is there more story to be told there
1: yes absolutely and it goes again just to read an older question as well for, for for mike hey mike um all of this stuff this is this is all the kind of Oh, we might Flame Heart and, and all these kind of different story threads that are dangling with Sitcher Jim and Wanda and Duke and like it's all planned like it's planned out. Like the order in which we do it in might change based on the features that we want to do, the way we want to grow the game. But the, the story's kind of planned right, including the ancients. Where did the ancients go? What were the ancients' role in the world? Like even today, what is the origin story of the Sea of Thieves? Where does it come from? Yes. What, is it why are there krakens and megalodons there what where, where, where why like that's going to be fun to explore all of that and, and kind of like re- over time tell that story but there's an absolute plan for for all of that and i think ancients very deliberately with sunken kingdom that story that we started to tell you will start to feel more of the presence of the ancients as we go into our storytelling next year oh, um, and cool. there'll be you'll feel a lot like it's I'm really excited by it actually in terms of they've you felt the presence of them right since the start of the game through cave paintings and we scratched the surface with stars of a thief in shores of gold and now with the sunken kingdom we've explored more that we'll take another step early next year and explore it beyond but understanding more about where did the ancients go what did they stand for what did they want to accomplish where does the sea of thieves come from that's that's you know we go back to that question of what's beyond flame arts like there's so much There's so much (laughs) that's just completely unexplained. Um, That's going to be so much fun explaining uh, in a way that hopefully makes the world feel more immersive, you know, triggers all those emotions, transports you into this pirate world. So, yeah, the ancients as a thread are definitely going to explore that. I'm really excited.
0: It it really makes me wonder because we with you talking about the ancients and and our previous discussion about age and how how people don't really age and see a Thieves, I think. I have to I, I'm so curious to find out about this uh, warrior who she is and um, where she went when she was tasked with kind of stopping the sirens and, uh, you know, stopping the whispering plague like the whoever the, the that person was like, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the person that that warrior is the one that's in the tomb in the shrine of ancient tears am i wrong on that or is that was that the person that found the shrine and then locked the the whispering plague in there yeah the latter okay and That's then warrior so the warrior is still out and about mm-hmm. i'm curious with uh with the warrior because uh, this was something and and i'll credit Falcor for um discovering the the flowers on reaper's hideout uh on the unmarked grave by the really weird tree uh at merrick's old island which is is now no longer a thing which is is killing me that that's that that's gone um was there a plan for that or is that still to be a, a story that is is yet to be told with those uh with that unmarked grave
1: maybe, maybe. <laughs> like oh, you're killing me you can't just ask these questions um it's <laughs> the whole thing people's like oh slamming the keyboards now as I listen to this but
0: but <laughs> there's just like, there's so many threads right there's so many threads deliberately so like, okay i'm very sorry. i'm no no it's it's that's why i had you on i only I, you know i've gotten you once every two years i gotta ask the hard questions because you you, you, you rail me if i don't uh <laughs> so i'm 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 very curious about that because the 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 decisions that were made um like with wanda with the siren queen there's it feels like there's a thread there that Mm -hmm. ties to that island in particular and i and i'm very curious about whose grave that is because it's it is still currently an unmarked grave we don't know anything about it and i'm I'm very curious to get to the to get to the uh the end of that story to kind of understand what's going on there um so i guess i'll i'll have to wait on that one
1: um, I mean, the, I mean, Insiders will know who are listening to this. That there's there's a there's a new kind of gameplay experience in Insiders that um, touches on some of what you're talking about, um, but it's definitely the definitely the start of um, a kind of expiration. Will continue next year, um, mm. but yeah, there's, there's definitely okay. a piece of content in there that that really reinvigorates some of the players and and kind of what the stakes are at play um, with the Reapers, with the Pirate Lord. Um, with the ancients there's there's there's, you know inside of like yeah i know i've played it um it's very early and and we you know we're, we're really passionate about it. it's gonna you know there's a lot lot to go on that feature um but yeah that that's one piece as part of a grander story that we're keen to
0: tell next year oh that's cool that's i'm glad yeah. that you guys are going into that route because that was i, I can't well, the remember The
1: news is a lot of what you a lot of these questions a lot of what we're pushing on are that they're probably sooner rather than later as in hopefully in the next year or so oh. some of these things will get resolved
0: that's awesome because i remember last time we talked we were uh i think i we were talking about merfolk and that was like mm-hmm. a that was like a, a, a that'll be in the future kind of thing and now that now we're in this future i'm like it, it is right i
1: mean i mean with the met of as, as Dre <laughs> will know and, and thor von blitz like you know we're, we're not going to expand outwards. we do want to expand downwards and mm-hmm. you know we sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we'd like but when it's uh I it's mean, a strong idea. We always get there. And the, it, right in the art book, the kind of underwater world of the sirens and what they represent in the Sea of Thieves, we we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, it's just waiting for that right moment. And the, the Davy Jones story as part of a pirate's life felt like, okay, who would Davy Jones ally with? Now is the time.
0: Now is the time to explore the Sunken Kingdom. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I'm really glad that that was a good opportunity because if it really, and I know I've told, told you this too, is, the pirate's life feels like the the culmination of that original e3 trailer where you're kind of venturing yeah. throughout yeah. the rest of of the the sea of thieves story and having all that in there it's it's absolutely great to have um i did want to jump into uh regis he he asked a question and we may have touched on this a little bit but uh he wanted to know for the future sea of sea thieves is captain jack sparrow and his crew returning to the seas anytime soon after all, Jack did promise that he will return near the end of Tall Tale Five for a pirate's mm-hmm. life. So. Yeah, so
1: as part of the part of the pitch that we gave to Disney, there were several. Um, it wasn't just the pitch for a pirate's life; it was pitch for other potential places where the story could go. So, as you, as players who've played a pirate's life a few times, will know, there's potential opportunities of where the story could go, um, and all of that is still open to us. We're actually, this is the thing. With all the threads we've talked about today, with the ancients and flame heart and the stories that we want to tell and continue with the the story of our characters versus how other people can come to the CFE's world, people entities that people know about, new people, like there's there's so many potential. I think a lot of the work that we're doing is just kind of putting that in an order that feels Complementary. so when cool. i think about that order we're, we're beyond next year into the year beyond <laughs> and it's just kind of like well does that element make sense there or do we inject this earlier and i think that's what we're that's what we're discussing there's there's endless potential um with the way jack's story would continue but, but yeah nothing to confirm really on that yet.
0: okay because i i I'm with Regis on this. I love the introduction of Pirates of Caribbean. I think Jack has a, I, and not to discredit any director in the future, but I definitely feel like Jack has a a better place in Sea of Thieves than he would mm-hmm. if if they were trying to create a a two two and a half hour narrative for a movie i think that the the potential for the kind of having his story continue on in this in sea of thieves is, is great because he he gets what he wants but there's always still an adventure in sea of thieves there's always still mm-hmm. something to to do and with just how many amazing characters you guys have created with the game there's so many ways that jack can interact with different people that lends itself to not being restricted to the uh, checking off the box of the people that you expect to see in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and if they aren't there, then why the heck aren't they? Aren't there? There must be some sort of drama going on there, and I, j- I would, I would love to have Jack's home be more seated with Sea Thieves at this mm. point because it just, it, it just works. It just makes sense. So yeah,
1: yeah. So the clues are right there. Like, why did Jack leave at the end? Why he's got everything he ever dreamed of. Well, he made a promise. He did make Who a promise. Who is she? What's the nature of the promise and what's the story behind the story? Because there is a story beyond the story, both before and after the events of a pirate's life, and that's what hopefully we'll get to explore one day. I I assume but it too- was what well, it was I mean, the pitch was big, right? I mean it was it wasn't just the events of what you saw in game. It was the, the Jack's reason for coming to the CFEs, what he was trying to accomplish, what pom- promise he was paying off, and where he's gone at the end and will <sighs> come back. It's all yeah. This is it
0: okay one one last question i have the clues. the, the, the uh, tying to the jack sparrow and i'll and i'll we'll kind of we'll kind of close things up here uh the promise that he made to her is her someone that is in sea of thieves or someone that mm-hmm. is outside of sea of thieves
1: outside the sea of thieves
0: all right well i'm i'm not going to press further because anywhere that i go i don't think i'm going to get a, a a good answer for and
1: just can I just say hand on heart to everybody listening? I sincerely apologize for evading questions <laughs> and toying with you. Like it's not again, it's it's you it's fun to hint about what's coming next, but experiencing it for yourself, you know, it's what's the it's the beauty of this game, right? You get to experience it through your pirates' journey in this world. And it would be remiss for me to to spoil all of that. It's like if parts life was spoiled before you got to experience it for yourself, it would have taken away all its magic and all of its power. And it's the the beauty of creating a game like this is the game is what we're approaching four years old, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but myself and the team are so passionate about creating this world. And there's so much more potential. Like it's not yet the golden age in the sea of these. There's so many more themes that we want to explore and the nature of the world and why it's there. And, And all these kind of major players in it, I I just don't want to spoil all of that because, you know, it's going to be better when you experience it for yourself.
0: I'm hoping that people realize that the reason why I'm asking these questions isn't to try and just reveal everything, but to plant the seed in their mind of knowing that you guys are actively working with those thoughts in mind. Because I, I know you guys are doing that. I know you guys have got most of that stuff on lockdown i mean you're already you've already copped in one of the prior uh podcast episodes that you're already work hard at work on season seven i would not be surprised that you guys are already working on season nine at this point if you've because mm-hmm. you guys generally work on a 12-month lead time for ideas and then engineering crafting designing and then implementation yeah. and stuff so as far as i'm concerned you guys already know like what's coming this time next year roughly and beyond and beyond. Crazy. Okay.
1: And so years, years. It, the things, it, obviously, it's always changing, right? You're always kind of moving yeah. things around, and we just like it's not just there's the purity of the storytelling, the themes you want to explore, and the gameplay mechanics we want to add, and then there's the reality of okay, when you scope them and understand them, where the complexities do things need more time than you originally thought? It's you know, it's at the end of the day, this is a team of people. Mm-hmm. um and there's only so much people you can pull together before it gets really unwieldy so we have to do things in the right time and the right order so things do move around but generally the end destination of where we want to get to is is, is mapped out yeah um and i'm as excited as you are i really i am as excited <laughs> as you are and um, for seeing all this stuff come to reality and uh, the, as we as a team always say to each other like we're just getting started but like, there's so many places this game could go Still, so much life to explore, um, and ways we can bring it to life for so many people. So, yeah, it's just, it's unique. We still think Sea of Thieves is unique as an experience. It's unique as a world. Um, so, yeah, just so excited to keep exploring it. Yeah, and, I'm, and hopefully doing things that it, it's more than just, it's more than just the expected. It's more than just generic pirates. We're putting our own stamp on it. We're doing it with heart, and um, we're trying to mm. delight and surprise people. That's what that's what we're striving to do. Is give some give. Someone, something through CDs that they can't get elsewhere.
0: As as far as I'm concerned, and I and I'll fight anyone on this. You guys are the de facto pirates game out there. Like no one does it better. That's good. No other no other company is is even approaching pirates as 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 well as you guys are. I've seen plenty of other companies out there trying to trying to craft a a, a pirate story. I'm still really excited to see what Ubisoft is going to try and do with Skull and Bones. Like they've completely like been off the map for forever and I can't wait to see what they do because everything that they do is going to be a direct uh, response to what you guys have crafted. But you guys have had four years of feedback, four years of, of design, four years of, of creation and time spent building up CFEs to what it is. and it's it is one of the pillars of Microsoft at this point. No one no one, I don't know anyone that can argue me. That Sea of Thieves hasn't become one of the biggest IPs, not only for rare, but for Microsoft at this point. So I I fully anticipate, like as much as as much as you know, you're you you can't answer today, I know that we'll get those answers in years to come because I have no doubt that Microsoft is a hundred percent behind C Thieves. The team at Rare is 100% behind Sea of Thieves, and I'm looking forward to Everwild, but Sea of Thieves is, is doing exactly what you guys set out to do, which was create this shared world experience and craft story and lead players into adventures to try and just have fun just create a game that is just designed around fun and there's always there's always problems with that when you're trying to build a game games are the hardest thing to create when it comes to entertainment so you're always going to run into things like that but hands down as far as story as far as experience as far as world goes i absolutely think that sea of thieves has a special place in in the just the pantheon of games And I, and I don't think you guys get nearly as much credit for your storytelling and your experience and your, your atmosphere as much as, as you should, because a lot of other games out there are doing things similar and, and I like them for different reasons. And I think a lot of people like that, like, I'm sure a lot of the team plays a lot of the same games that I do and really loves that. Um, Forza Horizon 5 isn't a good example of what a really beautiful game can do Mm -hmm. when you, when you put the time in for it. And Sea of Thieves is is right there with it. As far as like, if you want to have a pirate experience, you go to Sea of Thieves. There's no other game that you should even bother with. So, Mike, I've kept you for two hours. Thank you for for giving me this this time. Um, I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to get together in the future to talk about some of the stuff that we that we touched on today and actually have some answers and kind of look back re- retrospectively on. How those uh how those went if if uh it led to future questions that will hopefully get answered a year from then um is there anything that you guys th- that you'd like to share with the the community or, or anything that you'd like to let them know if if there's been something that you've seen that we haven't addressed uh that you want to reassure them on
1: I just want to just want to kind of we say it all the time but I just want to take every opportunity I can to just say Thanks to everyone that's played the game. Thanks to everyone that tells the stories, that writes the fan fiction, that doodles the pictures, that shares their story. It's, it's, I can't tell you how much it means to the team. Like the team that made this game, I mean, it's all about, you know, games are a reflection of the people that make them. And that is just so true. And the team that makes this game, who've made this game over several years, that have grown together, that have built that bond together, they all adore this game. But there's nothing better than seeing a community like the community that we have love this game and tell their stories and make new connections in it. it's I think it's why the game is still thriving nearly four years later. It's because the lifeblood of the of the community that play it, and it's almost, not trying to make it sound like a cliche, but it's just fact um, that we can't do it without the community. Like, we, we provide the world, but they bring it to life, and the, the, there's nothing more true than that. So we're more inspired than ever to keep going Um, and just want to keep surprising people and keep, you know, this is the world to escape into. You know, this is all about the freedom of the pirate life but that's mirrored in the mechanical freedom of the game. And when you boot up Sea of Thieves, we want it to feel like, you know, you're being transported to this pirate world where you get to live this pirate life. And that inspires us as much today as it did four years ago. So thanks to everyone.
0: Well, thank you. It's, This game has afforded me a family that I didn't know I was going to have four years ago. And because I, I don't, there's no way that I can thank you and the team enough for giving me an opportunity to have a place where I felt a sense of passion that I just, I haven't gotten with anything else in life. And the people that surround me on a day-to-day basis through the, through an online community have, they, they mean the world to me. And if it weren't for you, and your, your ideas and your thoughts and your dreams being put to reality with the team, I wouldn't have those friends now. And I'm, I am I can't, there's no way I can repay that. So thank you for that. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. Like, even even when you say that, it doesn't, yeah, it's, it, it doesn't feel real, really. Like, it, it is. Like, we we try to, yeah, it's great to talk about the success of the game, but then you're on to the next thing, right? You, you, you've got your head down and you're trying to create the next great thing in the game, so... We try not to believe our own hype but at the same time. It's like, stay humble, stay hungry, keep going. Keep trying to make
0: dreams come true in the game.
1: And that's what we're aiming to do, give people new experiences.
0: Well, I don't think of a better way to, to end on that note. Uh, Mike Chapman, thank you so much, man. <laughs> it's such a pleasure oh, getting thank to you. Thank um,
1: you. That was awesome. We should do it again.
0: Oh, 100%. Hey, Simone. Yes, Chad. What would you say is your favorite bad movie? Oh, where would I start? But probably at Zombie Strippers. Oh, yeah, which we've actually done on our podcast, Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. This is a podcast where we take some of the worst movies ever created and even some of those movies that you might have thought were brilliant but still got a bad critic score and we say nice things about them because you know what? Someone put the effort in so we're going to be there fighting in their corner.
1: Absolutely, Chad. Even if the movie was total garbage, there are some makeup artists that gave it their all and we're here to recognize that.
0: Exactly. And with really fun themes every week such as National Treasure Week, Weddings Week, uh, movies with Jeremy Irons and Dragons in them. How could you go wrong? By joining us every Tuesday and Thursday for some optimism in your life.
1: And like we say at the end of every episode, we love you and there's nothing you can do about it.
0: We love you and there's nothing you can
1: do about it. Goodbye. Following is a public service announcement from the starter set Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your D&D campaign. This is the starter set podcast. You know how like poison frogs don't lick each other's backs. So it's How's Moving Castle mm-hmm. with a face. Mm. Hey there, i great mandibles? <laughs> because one of the party speaks abyssal. You're all going to die. <laughs> and then adventure falls into your lap. Plop. This is your d d campaign after listening to the Starter Set Podcast. <laughs> so join Sam and Ed every Friday on the Starter Set Podcast for prime Dungeons & Dragons content. Any questions?